So I have some questions from, from our participants. Uh, Thomas Niska would like to know the following. Is there a danger of circular washing? So creating pointless circles just to reaffirm, but, but well, actually sort of reaffirming the underlying consumerism. Um, yes, <laughs> uh, but I think um, there is also a danger of the opposite uh, perspective in the sense that uh, if we don't try things, we're never going to get anywhere. So waiting for the perfect circular solution, you're going to be waiting a long time. And, and the best way to learn is by, by doing stuff. So I think if you can build, uh, if you can try and nurture a systems perspective in the designer so that they really are aware of the interconnectedness of things and the consequences of what they're creating, uh, and you can try and create feedback loops so that you're really monitoring how circular something really is, uh, the consequences you're creating, then I think you can try and mitigate that. But I think waiting for, you know, trying something, you know, before going in the direction of circularity is better than not, not, not going down that road. Mm -hmm. Do you want to come in on this? Well, uh, just try. Uh, actually, in our innovation program, we really try to get into a way of uh, rapid prototyping. Uh, and when you're within a company, we even had every month the next prototype ready, really getting into a, a mode because the feedback loops are crucial. And now in, on a regional scale, we do it now twice a year, but we try to do quarterly feedback loops on everything we event because then develop the quickest forward. I thought it was interesting when you were talking about, about this, this data that you're gathering in the process because I think there's been some conversation on Twitter about how difficult it is to know the impact uh, of, of what you're doing, and, and I, want, I think like many businesses would like to try a small change iteratively. So, okay, let's try and do this. But then, how do you measure? Like, if you don't have, if you haven't employed an expert in, I don't even know what do you need an expert in. Like, who, what mm. department of a university do you call to figure out whether you are actually making a difference or not? Yeah, there's actually no standardization in the market, so everybody does their own thing. I mean, there's certain kind of formula you can use to, to calculate, obviously, carbon emissions, or there's algorithms people can use for technology, but it's not the same as getting it from the foundations up. Um, and I think that's going to get better and better as we become more sophisticated in the economy. Like, you know, our members are going to change. You know, the better the technology out there, the better the clean tech, you know, you can start sipping volumes to, to better um, kind of processes and you'll get the data that way. But I think we're at the beginning of it still, and um, there needs to be a bit of trial and error. Um, when we built the data, um, we take it from physically the taking member. Um, mm -hmm. And also, we, um, we, we get to know, like we know a particular brand of microwave is, you know, originally it's a thousand pounds to sell in a, a particular restaurant that we have um, as a client. Um, it's a, it has a resale value of 30 pounds, but also from that pound, what helps with employment? What helps with upskilling? So we have computers that get sent to prisons and they teach the young offenders how to fix them. So there's an impact there on the upskilling, because when they leave, they might be able to get employment as an apprentice, and then they sell them, and the money goes to homeless mm. charities. So there is the data out there, you know, that, that charity's collecting that data on their sales. Yeah. The prison's got targets. So it's about how do we collect that together. Ingrid, how do you guys go about this, about measuring? Uh, well, I, I, I have two concepts on data. You, you have hard data, you can collect them, like Leila was saying, life cycle analysis, mm -hmm. emission uh, tests, etc. So it gives you the hard data. Uh, and we collected uh, those also in our uh, output and input streams. At the same time, 
uh, we learned that actually the product designers who are currently working on the products are already the experts. Uh, but we put multiple perspectives around the table and really let everyone think big and out of the box, etc. And, and, and then what, what I saw a couple of times is that, that one person in a company who was working, for instance, my time at electronics at a coffee maker, someone at a kettle, and they always work in their own little silos, suddenly were like, ah, oh, but you're doing like that, and I'm doing like that. And then they already small, uh, made a small innovation, an improvement to the better. And, and from there on, a lot of expertise is also already uh, right. going right. forward. Mm. That, that's a great point, Amanda. It's hard to measure the value of the journey. I think that's, that's the, the point as well. Ole Kering would like to know uh, whether a company like IDEO, which is a, a consultancy, how can you guys yourselves benefit from circular design? Is it, is it just that you can sell a different kind of consulting service, or can you also change how you work in a company like your own? Yeah, well, so this is my eternal battle within IDEO, is that you know, we keep telling our clients to change their business model, but actually we need to change our own in the, in the, in the circular economy. Uh, I think it's, it's been hugely frustrating trying to sell you know, an IDEO innovation project, which you know, they're not the cheapest in the world, and, and actually, you know, this is a very speculative area for clients. You know, they're not making big investments in this. What they want is a quick way of exploring lots of options and working out how they're going to invest. And so actually, you know, the thing I talked about, about designing collaborative design initiatives, looking at innovation between organizations, I don't even know who the client is for that yet. So, you know, I think it's, it's an area where we're really uh, having to change our own business model at IDEA. Yeah. Uh, Lisa Ridia would like to know about Friesland, which is no, known for dairy, and, and, and she says that, that dairy is, is, is it's well known that it's, uh, the dairy production is problematic from the perspectives of water and energy and food waste. I don't know very much about this, but I, I, I noticed that farming isn't uh, one of your areas. Uh, can you comment on this? Uh, well, it, it's true. Dairy has a huge footprint. And, uh, um, but what we're now looking into is actually, uh, together with the farmers and, and the front runners within farming, is as to see their uh, farm already as a small uh, uh, cycle themselves. And uh, instead of just being a dairy producer, look into all the other things they have at the same time and how that can be used again. Uh, a lot of biomass is created. Uh, at this moment, law prevents to take biomass from a farm uh, uh, further than a mile away because then it's considered waste and it has mm -hmm. to be incinerated. And we're looking for an infrastructure where it can actually be taken away. We Together with legislation, we create green deals, so it's brought to places where it's in much better way composted or even used to make uh, wood panels for construction, etc. But, uh, and, and what I always make the joke that, that in Friesland we used to be the architects of the current farming, now let's become the architects of the new farming, where, which is based on circular principles. I'm going to ask the question that everybody hates because it's far too complicated, but it, it's the kind of, like, where do I begin? So I think you've all presented very well on sort of, on our company levels or, our, or municipality levels or regional levels. But, but on the individual level, this is also about changing our attitudes to consumerism. So I'm thinking like, I, I have to think like every item I own currently would need to, to live forever. And for those that can't or things that are like food, um, everything I need to replace it with, I need to understand the full life cycle. So could you each very briefly give us a, a tip of like, where do we begin? Uh, okay. Um... No, I think I think the 
the, a, lot of, a lot of the work I'm doing is, is trying to change the system so that we don't have to make better choices as consumers. That didn't work in the past. I think the irony of that is that I think people do appreciate the help now to make better choices. So, but I, I think it's about, you know, it's about helping them with the right kind of systems, right? Sure. So it's very hard to, to uh, I mean, it, it's, it's a good intention just to start trying to create more personal impact, but you need, you need help. You need, you need organizations that are trying to sell you the stuff to do their part as well. Uh, well, I'm now more than 10 years in this field, and I made a habit of every year doing my New Year's resolution to pick up one thing, which I'm going to really be on a journey. So once it was, I would only buy organic food from now on, and it actually made me need to travel further to another supermarket to really get organic food, and I had to eat less because it's sometimes more expensive but it served me right. And every year I take one thing, and uh, last year actually I was able even to make my own house energy neutral and uh, with solar energy, etc. And And because of doing that, you become so conscious of the hurdles, that is immediately a great experience to do then in your day-to-day -day job. So you can push yourself as long as you give, you also give yourself time to actually yeah, solve yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, Very yeah, good. Absolutely. May. Um, I think it's about motivating people. So from an individual perspective, what, does, what motivates you to get a free item or do something different and change your behavior? And from a corporate, it's the same. And I think, I think we had a, um, a, one of the speakers yesterday talked about kind of how WhatsApp was used and how it kind of just developed the trend. We created what the next future was. And it's kind of the same I see in the circular economy. And I think if you allow people to just do it in slow steps, it's steady and it's slow, but it's, it's solid, you know? That's wonderful. Thank you very much. May Al Karuni, Ingrid Sakers, and Grace Grantham. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.